2: Welcome to 755 is real presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70. Celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. That's nostalgia people. Tops, your childhood, your youth, baseball. All right. Listen man, this is uh, things are getting serious now for the Bravos. Eric, I'm I'm uh, with my co-host Eric O'Flarity, former Braves reliever. Eric, have you seen some progress in this last? I know it's the pirates, and they're pretty bad. But did you see some things you liked, especially from that bullpen that got overshadowed in that in that uh, series?
1: That's a good thing, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any series you're not exactly. talking about the bullpen is usually a good one, unless you just blow them out. But they kind of did a mix of that. But yeah, anytime, anytime you have a series like that, and you could be overshadowed, that's kind of the goal in the bullpen.
2: Yeah, I mean, because like you said, when you're winning big, when you got lopsided games, if you're not if you're not talking to bullpen, it means they didn't come in and give up five and make it interesting, you know. And they were solid. And Jacob yeah. Webb got in a nice appearance before he went got sent back down to Triple A. I thought that was good a snit to get him in there and let, let him leave on feeling good about himself and not stressed if he was stressed. Uh, he, he he needs to go down to pitch and pitch, he, and he'll get to go down and pitch at Triple A, get some regular work down there. So. um, that the the big the big progress the big uh, most encouraging thing I think is Shane Green made his first appearance at uh, Gwinnett and gave up a leadoff double it was the first batteries faced in you know uh, what eight months or whatever it is then struck out the next three guys so I don't think he'll be there long I think uh, you know Snit would like to keep him there a couple of weeks but Snit also said that usually doesn't happen like that so he's fully prepared for them to cut it a little short. I would guess he'd be back after this five-game uh, road trip is over. Uh, yeah,
1: maybe, maybe you know, it's it's just hard to gauge how far along a guy is, and if he comes in and does that three more times, you know, there's yeah. then you're saying you're ready. But if you right. have a couple of rough ones, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll just they'll they'll see how he looks and play it that way. But it also be dictated how the big league bullpen's doing. You know, I mean, if if yeah. they deal and they feel like he might True. need an outing or two, and they feel like they can afford to wait maybe wait, but if they blow three games in a row, it's like, yeah, if there's
2: not that urgency. Then they could afford yeah. the lips there a couple more times. Um, He's got a big ass beard, man, which is kind of going the other way that that's not the trend now in the majors, but uh, people trim them a little bit, but he's coming in bearded. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's
1: get people out.
2: <laughs> you can yeah, look however they, you want. I thought Chris Martin has been nailed since he got back. That's yep. uh. That's great to see. I know the Braves are, I mean, he's so important to this thing down the stretch. And uh, so there's there's some progress there, Grant. Dayton's looked good since he got back. So we'll see. They're piecing it together. It's taken a lot longer than anybody had, uh, had hoped or thought. But if they could keep guys healthy and, you know, and getting Shun, Shane Green back, and they've added another couple of pieces up. It's going to allow them to give guys proper rest because I think we were seeing mentor show the signs of fatigue of pitching 20 times in the first 39 games or whatever he did. So that'll be a good good aspect there. But listen, let's talk about this series. Um, and like I said, you don't want to make too much out of it because it's the Pirates and they're one of the worst two or three teams in baseball. But they lit those guys up, man. The Braves, they they scored like it was a softball league. The 20 to 1 game, seven homers and two grand slams. They're the first team that's done that. There was some stats about what the first team to hit seven homers with them, at least two of them being grand slams. I mean, it was that was a crazy game. Did, did, were you look Were you keeping up with that one? Did you watch it or see the alerts, alerts coming in or anything?
1: I didn't want I mean, checked in on that one, and then I saw the score, and I yeah. was just like, "Well, there's about to be a position player in this one." Yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't watch that one, but like you said, I mean, it's it's beating up on the pirates it's you know it might not be that encouraging outside of the clubhouse but just to just to give guys a almost a breather series and and not have yep. a, a close series like that where you feel like you're grinding through it and take a tough loss or anything just to everybody puts up their numbers everybody's happy you know that, that's sometimes what you need to get rolling
2: and it came at a time when they had gotten to 500 and then took a taken a big step back so you're four games under 500 you're four games i think back of the mets So it couldn't have come at a better time as far as that's concerned. Then you lose the first game to the Pirates, and you're thinking, oh, shit, is this thing, are the wheels (laughs) coming off this thing? And what do they do? They just flip the switch and completely reverse that line of thinking. Um, And, and, you know, you had a huge crowds there at – at Truist Park for the first night they come out and it's a great crowd and Braves let them down, lose. you're thinking, Oh, people even come back. They came back in droves. Mm -hmm. So you had big crowds there all weekend. When you won these three games, you gave them plenty of those people, you gave those people plenty to come back to see, want to come back to see. Um, And also they had a biggest Sunday afternoon crowd that I can ever remember. Cause usually, you know, it's a big drop off on Sunday afternoon crowds, especially in Atlanta. There just is, you know, the day before school, everybody, everybody's going to go to a series Usually Friday goes Friday Saturday. or Saturday night. Well, Sunday, you had a, a near capacity at 39,000 people. And I was like, what is going on here? Then I realized it's Freddie Freeman bobblehead day. So uh, they need to do that more often. They need to have some of those bobbleheads on Sunday when you're not going to have those built in crowds.
1: Instead of Friday. Yeah. 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 I always thought that even when I was in Oakland, they'd give away like a Billy Butler dog food bowl or something. And we'd get an extra 10,000 in the stands. Yeah. i like, why don't you just give something away? Yeah. Every game, you know, I don't know what what the margins are on all that, but yeah, you know, I I think the same thing. Like, why don't you do those things when when you got a team coming in that, that you don't think you're going to get fans for or anything like that? They seem well, to always that's the Pirates, do it. Yeah,
2: but, but but Sunday's the day to do it. Against yeah. the Pirates, that was smart. Yeah, yeah, you know, Friday and Saturday at Atlanta, you're going to get a good crowd regardless yeah. of who's playing. You know, it's the other nights that that are or day in this case that are the challenge, especially when school's still in session, that kind of thing. Um, it's just one of those challenges in Atlanta. So it's having that many out there on Sunday for the last game of a homestand uh, and and to give them another really good game to 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 leave with before this road trip was big. They, they really made... Man, And it, we've talked about this all season. This team, man, goes from... They just toggle back and forth. They go from, what the hell's wrong with the Braves to, is this it? Are they going to fall out of this thing and be 10, ten games behind and be, be uh, sellers at the deadline? They go from that to... Now you're right there, back in first place. You win this series. You're back in first. It's back and yeah. forth, back and forth. So, I think they'd really they want obviously they want to build off this series, and I think they got a chance now because of the things that are happening, the people getting healthy, and that kind of thing. Um, and when you look at it, what what was even more amazing about having 15 home runs in a series, which is absurd, in 13 in the last three days, was Freddie Freeman didn't have one of them. Yeah. If you'd have told me that, I mean that you'd do that without Freddie Freeman being at the center of everything. And even Acuna didn't have – it wasn't him at the middle of everything like it normally is, other than he had, he did have a leadoff homer. But this, was, this one was all about – offensively, this was about Austin Riley, his coming-out party. I mean, he's had a month-long torrid stretch, a little bit – about five weeks, actually – but Ozzy Albie's really looks good, hitting yeah. from both sides. He finally got some left-handers to face and put together a lot of good ABs against them. And Dansby Swanson, yeah. raking the last four or five games. But right when you start to really kind of be down on Dans being going, what the hell's wrong with this guy, man? Is he going to put it together? He has a, he has a stretch like that, so he's giving him. He really made some adjustments and looked good using the whole field, going the other way, which is what when he's at his best. So. A lot, a lot to really be pleased about with this team at coming out series and the starting pitching. They're really on. I talk about Overlook. They're on a stretch now where they're just doing quality start after quality start, which you were not getting for a long time.
1: Well, I mean that's kind of what you were expecting, though. It, I yeah. was thinking about it this morning. You know, before I did this podcast with you, it was always, you know, as a player, you're never riding that those waves. You know, those that roller coaster. It's kind of like you have a good game or two and. You go home, you eat dinner, you forget about it. You come back to field and work the next day. You don't analyze it day by right. day or series by series like that. I mean, you kind of just peek up at the standings every now and then, but you're never like, you know, you go over over for, for four and you don't go home and think, man, am I a fluke? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you put it yeah. behind you the next day. And it's that's kind of I think that's that's just what I was realizing was it's analyzed in the outside. It's analyzed like series by series, game by game, day by day. Right. Yep. The players are just not in that at all. So now I look at it this way and you're always trying to figure out like, is, is Dansby going to hit or is he not? You know, the ups and downs of it. Um, I think, you know, the players that do it like that, the guys that go all for four and they get really down on themselves or they yep. go three for four and they're really high. The guys that ride that, uh, one out of 500 are successful major leaguers. The yep. rest of the guys are just kind of steady Eddie and get through the year. Um, but you know, when we looked at it before the season, this is who we thought the team would be, you know, if, if Freddie doesn't hit first series, you got all these other bats that are raking and yep. early on that just wasn't happening. It was, it was just Acuna yep. and, and the whole bullpen happened to struggle at the same time or this, uh, you have three or four bad starts. So, I mean, this is the team that I see more like what they're playing lately, where you got when one guy's not hitting, you got Riley going off and Aussie going off for a series. And that, that's what's made them, you know, good in the past. And they just weren't doing that early on. But they're slowly starting to get more and more guys more consistent and rolling at the same time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's really noticeable. And they're still doing it without much, much from Ozuna. He's shown he's had some good games mixed in with a lot of bad ones. Uh, so they're doing it without him yet. So they need to get him locked in. And also also need to get Freddie locked in uh, the yeah. way, at Freddie level of locked in. He
1: keeps, like he's just almost there Flirting so many times. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Flirting with it. So meanwhile, you got all these other guys really coming along like Ozzy's hot now, but Austin's raking now. Dansby's coming along now when you get a lot of these other guys going without Freddie having to carry the team or without Mm -hmm. with Acuna being great still, but not, you know, otherworldly like he was early on. But Riley's doing that now. Rod is doing that now. So when yeah. you get those two main cogs back, you know, and then it was Una, you can see where this offense could explode again. Like it did last year. And that's yeah. what it did in the Pirates series, you know, without those guys. But I mean, it gets good pitching. You can see them do it like they did last year. So yeah.
1: it'll take pressure off the, the dudes that are struggling a little bit too. You know, when nobody's hitting, I'm sure Freddie feels a lot more pressure than when other guys are picking him up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we're not. It's good when you're not having to talk. When your conversation uh, about the offense does not center around the pinch hitters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which it was early. It was Cunha and the pinch hitters. So Pablo. that was. A, so and Pablo now his biggest role lately, although he continues to have terrific at bats whenever he's used. I mean, he hits nothing but line drives. But his biggest role during this series was the panda hugs. That's become yeah. the thing now. Like the Freddy hugs used to be. Now it's Panda waiting at the end of the dugout. After a guy <laughs> hits a home run, they go. They watch down. They go kind of through the gauntlet of people right down to Panda, and he's waiting there. And it's like <laughs> Snit was like, oh, he's a huggable guy. Snit said he's a huggable guy. I might like get one of those. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It was pretty funny. So, Good way to
1: describe him. He's uh, everybody loves him.
2: Yeah. So all right. So is this the? uh Is this the series or the road trip where they get through 500, Eric? Because every time this team has gotten flirted with 500 this year or gotten there, they've taken a big step back and lost like three out of four, you know, or four straight or whatever. Is this because it's – and this is a challenge too because they're going up against the Red Sox and the Mets, two at Boston, three at Citi Field, and they're one game under 500 right now. Do they get through this thing now, get to 500 and through it?
1: Well, you want to go 500 on the road, but it's five games. I mean, so you'd either go three and two or yeah. two and three and probably feel okay about it. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's tough going to Boston. Um, I mean, I, I, anytime you go into Fenway and split, I think that's a that's a net yeah. win. And then New York, I mean, that'll be the series. I don't know if DeGrom, I know he had a pretty good rehab start. I don't know if he's going to be – he's probably coming back for that series. He is, wouldn't yeah. Me? Yeah. yeah, so that, that makes it tough. But
2: I Get these two home records. Boston and the Mets lead the American League East and the and the NL East. Boston, oh, I'm sorry, the Red Sox are tied with the Rays, Yeah, Red Sox are 29 and 19 at home, 13 and 12. So they are a machine on the road, 16 seven. So there you go. But I'm I'm with you though. You if you come out of there with a split, you're happy. But the uh, the the Mets this year at Citi Field. And you know that place is like a cauldron waiting to explode because the Mets have been bad, but when they're good, that place can be oh, yeah. loud. Um, well, they're eleven and four at home this year, ten and fifteen on the road, eleven and four at home. So that's a test, right there, man. Yeah, that's yeah, a but serious if you go in test. there and
1: beat them, I think more than anything, if you go in there and beat them in their park, yeah. you're sending that message because you know the Braves started this year with that target on their back, and it was almost like. Team, you felt like teams were gunning for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now no they go in and they kind of got to prove they got to prove who they are now and that'd be a big series to go in and win
2: yeah it's like you know all the the braves had won the previous three division titles yet none of those Nobody years were them. they consensus favorite and most years they weren't even the favorite at all among many people at all yeah uh the first year no one picked them um they come in this year as the consensus favorite to win the division in a year where we thought it was going to be the toughest it's been during this stretch yeah. of, four, of four years. Well, I, I'm with you, though. They, they do have a, a bullseye on the back as the consensus. F- everybody knew they were the three-time champion coming in, even if they maybe had more questions than they've had the last couple of years or at least last year. So, But they're getting everybody's best shot if, if that can happen in baseball, and I think they have so far. But they also, we've talked about this before too. They also had the numbers that said they were one of the unluckiest teams in baseball in that first month because they had the 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 hard hit rate, which you know, if you buy it, and 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 I do, hard hit rate does mean something. They were uh, they weren't getting they weren't hitting to the expected on base percentage and batting average that they should have, and you're starting starting to see that even out. You saw Freddie get a couple of bloop hits in this series that he was due for. Yeah. after having about 20 hits robbed on line drives into the shift or just right at people regardless of positioning
1: yeah i mean that was one stat i hated as a pitcher was batting average on balls in play yeah because you you i i could go into a game i wasn't striking a lot of guys out but i'd go into a game and i'd get three soft ground balls to shortstop and it'd be it'd be you know it'd be analyzed as a lucky inning Cause right. three guys hit, put the ball in play and it was a zero batting average. Like you got lucky. And that was the same way I looked at Freddie hitting early on. It was like, I know his average says one ninety or whatever it is, but he lined out to shortstop or, or hit a top spin laser to the guy playing shallow right field instead of second base. Yeah. You know, you can, you can watch that stuff and analyze it and say that guy's getting unlucky. And I felt like he definitely was. So, I mean, you watched that whole first month for the Braves. It felt like pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong and, and they're still right where they are. Um yeah. I you know, we've been saying it for a while, but at some point the the ball's gonna start just dropping in for them and they're gonna take off.
2: And it did during this series. Yeah. They did they got hits of all kinds. Hits that uh, cheap hits, huge hits, many balls that went over the fences. Yeah. Um yeah, it was impressive. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Also, Max Freed yesterday, I thought on a day when he didn't have his best stuff.
1: He didn't, no.
2: He was still in, totally in control. And I thought yeah. just the ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. He only had, I think, two or three strikeouts two, yesterday. I
1: think two. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and and like more walks than strikeouts. But, man, he was a ground ball machine yesterday. I mean, if, as a pitcher, if you can do that with this defense, you're going to do all right. This defense is, yeah. is nails again right now. They're playing really well. Um I, he, since he got back from the, uh, the, uh, from his DL stint for the hamstring, I don't know, early on you talked about, you know, you thought he was just a little off from being there in his first four starts before the, he went on the IL. Well, since he got back, he's got a one five Oh era and four starts. I mean, he's the max free that we saw last year for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what I'm talking about is, you know, he, I don't think he had that first rough month and thought all of a sudden. Maybe I'm not the guy anymore. You know, maybe my last however many years were lucky. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not easy as a player, and you, and you got to stay out of your head. But he knows who he is, and he had some rough breaks too. I remember watching the start against Washington. He's yep. given up flares and stuff, kind of just compounds and piles up on you. But he's looked like himself even without the strikeouts, and it's it's always for me way more encouraging when a guy doesn't have his stuff. Right and does what he did yesterday, then when, he, you know, anybody can come out with their A game and put up zeros. But when you see him only strike out two and still have a good yeah. start, that means he didn't have it. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't blowing guys away, but he was still competing and making pitches. So that's a, that's a good start for him.
2: The, the good ones, man. They win when they don't have their best stuff. That separates yep. the good ones from the just okay ones. They, they win when they, regardless.
1: Yeah. They just find a way, you know, you yeah. just, you just compete and minimize damage.
2: And I think Ian Anderson already already has a knack for that at 23 years old and without a full season in the majors.
1: He's, he's had a knack for that since day one.
2: hmm Yeah. He can come out and have be on his game or have almost nothing, and still he can get results. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he, he, Snit likes to say he never gives in. He just keeps pitching, keeps pitching, pitch after pitch after pitch, competitive. He, he never gives in, and and, and and that's what's really surprising, such a young guy to have all that down mentally. He, well, uh, that's,
1: that's the difference. You see the guys that have that 1.7 ERA and Gwinnett and then they get called up yeah, and then they have a good first start and then their second start, they don't have it. And instead of, you know, five innings, 107 pitches and two runs, it's three innings, seven runs and they're out, you know, yeah, that's, that's the big difference in guys, but the Braves are lucky. They've had so many young guys, Freed, Soroka, Ian that have come up and been able to pitch without their best stuff. It's, it's really rare, honestly.
2: Bryce Wilson had a really good start a couple of days yeah. ago. That was a good one for him. Um, Snit really praises him for having the maturity and getting it as far as the shuttle that they've had the last few years. Cause they're playing the system the way that's the way you have to do with the system with your depth is they're bringing a young guy up. He'll make a start and they've got enough guys that they can do this. They got like three guys down there and they don't have to use that roster spot when they have an off day or they can skip us turn. You know, they, they can, they can, bring a guy up for one start, send him back down the next day. And that bothers some guys. They can't really, it doesn't seem like they can succeed or they don't succeed in that system. But Bryce Wilson has figured it out and is able to do it and not take it as a worrying about what did I did wrong. What do I have to do to stay here? Not being pissed off. He goes back down to Gwinnett and dominates. No one in need him. They can bring him up here and he has a good start. So all the guys haven't been able to do that, but he has.
1: It's so hard to do too. I mean, I guess, you know, the number one thing would be to understand I'm going down anyway, no matter how I pitch and then just have a good start. And, you know, just knowing how stacked the rotation is or can be, a lot of guys will come up and they'll pitch with extra pressure. And I I think that's kind of what when I would watch Tukey, that's what I felt like he was going through, just getting jerked around like that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not easy to handle mentally because you're out there and you're thinking in the second inning when you get first and second, you're thinking about that bus ride to Gwinnett. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of what pitch do I have to make to get out of this? It's if I don't make a pitch here, I'm going back to triple A and
2: that's that's not good.
1: Not many guys can pitch with that pressure, but that's kind of what that system does to them. Um, because they'll have a good start and still go down. And if you can, if you can know that mentally and just think, you know, at some point there's going to be an opportunity, somebody will get hurt. I'll get a chance to be up here for a while. And -hmm. I just got to keep making sure I'm that first guy in line. And every time I come up, I make a good impression. Um, but man, it's frustrating. Guys don't have that patience and and they're not they're not grinding to be triple A up and down guys. Yeah. And yeah. you have to look, you know, you gotta be mature enough to look past all that and look to the future and think if I have consistently good starts up here, I'll eventually be the first guy up and I'll get that first shot. And mm-hmm. if I make a you know, if I if I make a run out of that, I might just be in the big leagues. That might be who I am. But it's really hard to embrace that up and down role. I mean, it it just it wears guys out.
2: You know, Snitt does a good job of saying, he, like, he, he made a point to say after this, uh, or when we asked him about Bryce and that situation, he made a point of saying how well he pitched. And he goes, he's, because he's going to be a permanent part of the rotation in the future. He, he keeps pitching like this. He's going to be a permanent, he's going to be in the rotation, not the guy, swing guy or, or guy going back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation or triple A in the rotation. Um, and. And Bryce gets it in that he could look at the schedule and see the two off days coming up today and <laughs> next week and go, there's no way they're going to keep a fifth starter. Yeah. They probably told him that without him having to think that. But even if they didn't, he knows that. You know, He can look at it and figure it out, and uh, and he gets it. So he doesn't let that, that situation that you just described uh, affect him. So that's good. But anyway, like I said, the story of this series was the home runs, the offense. Yeah. But individually, Austin Riley, man, this is the guy. He is playing right now, hitting right now, and playing third base, by the way, playing elite-level third base. He looks great over there. But he is the guy that right now that the Braves, when they drafted him, this is what they had in mind. I mean, he is a country-strong dude who has the strength to hit a ball out of any part of any park. And when he's not in a funk like he was when he was when he was uh, flailing at the sliders away in his rookie year when he came up and raked for twenty games, and then after that, got teams got scouting report on him, realized they could get ahead, get him to chase, and then get then just put him away. Once he had two strikes, he was done. That slider yeah. that threw him away. Yeah. Well, he's made adjustments since then, slowly but surely. He's much better at the slider. One of the two home runs he had yesterday was on a slider. 0-1 oh, slider, and the difference in him now, this run that he's on now, this 30, 31-game run, compared to the 20-game run as a rookie, is that they're not just – he's not a nobody that nobody knows and they're just feeding him fastballs. They got the Yeah, they, they're, they're trying to stop him yeah. now, and they can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when you do it at first, sometimes they're just trying to figure you out. Mm-hmm. And you watch so many players. You, they come up, and they're hot, and then the league finds a hole. And that's the different in AAA. They just they can't hit that spot. They can't expose right. you as well. You get up to the big leagues and you're around guys that can hit that spot nine out of 10 times and they can expose you. So you, you come up, you're hot and you see how the league adjusts to you, then the league adjusts and then you have to adjust back. And that's what it seems like to me that, that he's finally done is, is just adjust back and know how they're going to pitch him. But I also watch him and he doesn't look like he's swinging hard at all.
2: You yeah. know when I yeah. see him
1: struggling they're like big swings on fastballs and he fouls them off and then he eventually will chase the slider the balls he hit i mean they they went just as far but his his swing looked nice and patient and balanced and smooth and i think he's just so strong you know i mean that that might be one of the big things for him is just to remember he doesn't have to he doesn't have to blast it 60 yeah. rows deep he's strong enough to hit it out anywhere and his swings this last couple of series have just looked so smooth and easy
2: I mean, I can't even think of a swing where he takes like so many power hitters take a swing and they swing and miss and they're falling all over the place. They almost fall to the ground, they're falling out of the batter's box. Yeah. He never does that. No. And his part of it is his base, man. If yeah. you've not if you've never seen Austin Riley in person, people that see him in person for the first time, they realize how thick this guy is, how big he is. And it's You're not chipping
1: him over if you walk by and no, push him. <laughs> and it's moving. not
2: just get in the weight room and get ripped. No, he is he built. Is. like He's a, he got tree trunks for legs. Yeah. He's got the hips and the legs and a butt to be a power hitter. Yeah. Like he was made to do this. Yeah. So he is rock solid in that batter's box. And then up top, man, he's looks like a guy that's been bailing hay for most of his life. You know, he's yeah. a big dude and that yeah. big naturally guy. And he's in shape. And, uh, he, like you said, he makes it look easy if he had 500 foot homers, 480 <laughs> yeah. foot homers. And he's yeah. uh, got the rare ability to do that. And then to see him over at third reminds me of I'm not saying he's as good as Scott Rowland because Scott Rowland was a gold glover over there, one of the best I've seen over that third.
1: But a big dude that can move. Big
2: dude. Yeah. yeah. That can move. He's smooth. Yeah. He can get shift laterally. You know, he's got that lateral speed and the ability to to dive and then pop up. You would think a guy that weighs 240 or whatever he does, you dive for a ball, it's gonna take you a little bit to gather yourself and get up and throw. And he doesn't. He he bump he bounces up and he's got a cannon for an arm. I mean, he's got a pitcher's he has a arm. Cannon.
1: Yeah. I think about that a lot though, and that's something that we talk about on here sometimes. But think about if Nolan Arenado went up to two forty. Yeah. You know, because it's not who he is. Yeah. With Riley, 240 is who he is. So that's it, what he carries, yeah. That's what he was born to be, just a big dude. So he can move that way because he was born to, to handle it. You know, his, his body's set up to be that big, which is great because then he has the power without having to bulk up and lift and do all that stuff. Yeah. It's just who he is. But I think about that all the time with the guys that you see either swinging hard to hit the ball as far as they are. Or gaining a bunch of weight to try to hit these massive home runs and, and be power hitters. Like for him, that's just who he is. Yeah. He doesn't have to force this. So when you see him swing nice and easy and hit a ball out the other way or catch a slider out front and hit it 480 in the gap, yeah. you know, it's, it's real encouraging for me to just know that that's who he is. And when you see him moving around, it looks natural. You know, it, it yeah. Even though he's a big dude, like he's, he's supposed to move like that. So I, I definitely see that rolling comparison for sure.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, He's got more of a body that like rolling than probably than say Chipper. Even though their weight, their measurements, if you look at their height and weight, they're real similar. He and Chipper, yeah. they're not built the same.
1: No, Chipper's lankier. Yeah, yep.
2: long limbed and uh, yeah. narrow in the hips. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. It's baseball. They, they come in all shapes and sizes because both of them look like when they get in the batter's box that they were born to do this. Yes. Yeah. But 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 Austin does not have to get to lift weights in the off season to put on weight or anything to put on muscle. He's just the guy's big. Yeah. So uh I mean he could carry another 20 pounds if he wanted to just hit for power, but it would mess him up, I think. Yeah. He'd take a little off defensively and and uh and maybe uh with the batting. I mean, these guys hitting 320, man. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. But that that's who you know, that's who we saw last year when he came up. And I remember trying to two break down ago, how yeah. to pitch him or two years ago, yeah, when he was I-, I remember trying to break down how to pitch him, and it was like he was hitting the breaking balls. He was, he was balanced. He was hitting things everywhere, and then he just kind of got into a funk. and And a lot of times, that's that's what I'm talking about. You get into a funk, and you think you got to do more. Yeah, start he was swinging harder, like crazy, start chasing then. stuff. You know, um, but just being smooth and, and letting the game come to you is one of the hardest things to do when you're struggling. But it seems like he's figuring it out.
2: It was almost like a harbinger last week when he played the Brewers and he had those those those, those incredible at bats, those plate appearances where he took a few pitches that were like really Hater. close. And he took them with complete yeah. confidence. So you can almost see this coming, what he did against the Pirates. Because, I mean, he's got now – his his strike zone recognition is off the charts right now. In that regard, he looks like Chipper up there too. Yeah. You know? I mean, if a pitch is an inch off the plate, he's taking it with confidence. And he's not even looking at the ump waiting for him to call ball. He knows it's a ball. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> when, I mean, when's the last time you even saw him what, turn his head and go, Jesus, that was a ball. You know? He's just up there with confidence, man. Yeah. He's, uh, he's locked in right now. If, if this is the guy, that, I'm not expecting him to hit like this, like he has for the last 30 days, but I think he's done enough and a- that it's not look fluky where you can go. This guy's a stud, man. This guy's the third baseman for a lot of years coming forward. Going yeah, forward. and
1: that's, that's what's hard to analyze is you, 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 he's a young guy. He's been in the game for a couple of years, and he's learning on the fly, and, and he has to conquer this level and it's, it's hard to gauge where guys are going to be at because some guys just fall off a cliff and and then he can do what he just did. You know, the, mm-hmm. the last – it's been, what, five weeks now that he's just looked like a superstar. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what the great players do. Even Freddie. When's the last time we saw Freddie struggle for as long as he did? Maybe never in his career.
0: Yeah,
2: never. I've never seen him struggle for like that, for like yeah. 25 games or whatever he did.
1: Because he minimizes when he gets into those funks that – that Austin got into for a lot longer, you know, mm-hmm. Freddie minimizes those and, and he's good after a week, you know, maybe six days.
2: So Riley had two Homer games Friday and Sunday. He's now 10th in the majors in batting average. That, that just blows me away. He's hitting 320. We're no. almost, we're over a quarter of the way in the season coming up on a third of the way after this road trip through the season, he's hitting 320. If anyone thought that we'd be saying that nearly a third of the way in the season, please raise your hand. Um, and after hitting six homers in a week, he's up to nine for the season. That's another thing we forget is he he had, like a week and a half ago, he had 37 hits. 30 of them were singles, which was good because you knew the power was going to come. But meanwhile, yeah. he's hitting for a high average. And Chipper said when we talked to him last week, Bowman and I talked to him, and Chipper said it was just good to see him hitting the ball and then juice the ball the other way because the power is going to be there. Meanwhile, yeah. he was on pitches. He was he was on the, like those balls in 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 uh, in Milwaukee. He was on everything. It's just he was just missing a little bit with the power. But once he got that going the other way and uh, and juicing a ball, then this, the whole package. Then, but he, he the strikeouts were way down. The walks were up. The contact rate was up. It was all there except for the home runs. And now, in one week, he answered that.
1: But that's how you get to the home runs. Yeah, you know, it's you can't chase them. And and I think Can't try to hit home runs. It's probably the hardest time ever to be a you know to not hit home runs in the game because if you watch the highlights, yeah, they don't they <laughs> don't show defense. You know, yeah. you don't you're not blowing up anywhere if you if you hit three singles. You you know, you make a couple good plays, you lay out it's home runs. The every any game you scroll through that MLB app, there might be a pitcher that that struck out 14.
2: Yeah, the
1: other 20 highlights on that thing are whoever hit home runs. So it's, it's hard as a hitter, I'm sure, to, to be putting together good at bats and playing well and, and you're not getting really any credit outside the clubhouse. But, you know, working your way there and hitting those singles is probably what got his swing locked into the point now where he is hitting home runs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't show a whole lot of opposite field singles on those highlights.
1: <laughs> you probably won't see one all year, unless so it's, after, you know, maybe a walk-off.
2: So after hitting six homers in a week, he's up to nine for the season. His OPS – 963. He is 6th in the National League. He's one spot behind Acuna, who's at 1,001 now. He's dipped a little bit lately. I mean, Austin Riley, 6th best OPS in the National League. He's uh, he's OPS and higher than Arenado, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, it's it's in there.
2: Uh, Freddie has shown some si- good signs lately, still hitting just 235, which is rather shocking considering you're coming up uh, on a third of the season And Freddie Freeman to hit 235. But it's 830 OPS, uh, 19th in the league. One spot another people don't realize, man, Betts is also not doing much this year. The two guys that dominated last year, Mookie's at 818, so Freddie's actually OPS and higher than Mookie Betts. Um, so it can happen to the best of them, man. It's like you know, it's not just an automatic every year. There aren't many guys that are going to do it for ten straight years, like a Chipper Jones.
1: Yeah, I mean, just check back in on those two in September, though. Right,
2: right. You know, I mean, that's why. Yeah, it's one sixty-two and not a sixty-game season.
1: If you go through anybody's game logs and you you know, like Baseball Reference, will let you click like May second to July fifth. Yeah, you, you can you can click any section of a season. I bet you you could find stretches where Freddie. Maybe not this this low, but I bet you could find some yeah. stretches where he hit two thirty five in the middle of the season sure. for a month, and and nobody even notices. You know, it's when you get off to that bad start that it, that it really shows up because you actually see that two thirty up there when he drops from two ninety down to two seventy two in July. Yeah, it, you don't even notice, and then he gets hot again. He's back up to two eighty five. He gets hot another time. He hits two eighty two, two ninety, and that's a season. And it's like, yeah, Freddie did it again. But there's always these ups and downs throughout the year yeah. for those guys.
2: Through, uh, just to think how weird last year, to put it in context, how weird last year's 60-game season was, Braves are at 47 games right now. Last year, there would have been two <laughs> weeks left in the season.
1: Oh, it'd be crunch time. <laughs> but, and so if Freddie was hitting this in last season, yeah. everybody would be wondering what's wrong with him, you know? Yeah. And he'd, be, he'd have that pressure to get it going.
2: The Braves would be fighting for their playoff lives right now last mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. fortunately and that's why they had 16 teams make it last year if yeah. you think about where, where the braves are right now how many good teams would have missed the playoffs last year if you'd have gone with the regular you know 10 game, 10 teams
1: big houston almost did last year and they yeah. they wound up doing all right in the postseason
2: uh just looking at the standings man we were we talked about going in I thought the Marlins were being overlooked by everybody. I mean, I saw them play enough times last year, 19 regular season games or whatever it was. And then, well, not 19 because it was a 16-game season. But we saw the Marlins all the time. Then we saw them in a playoff series. And I saw those young arms. Yeah. And I thought, why are the Marlins, why are they being picked to finish fifth in the league when they made the playoffs last year? They bring everybody back. They added Adam Duvall. Sure enough, they're right there with the Braves, man. I mean, they're, they're, they are what they're half a game behind the Braves are in fourth. They're a half game ahead of the Nationals, and they're not surprising me. The Marlins. I mean, Adam Duvall's having a hell of a year, by the way. Yeah, kind of built on he started slow, but that series against the Braves kind of got him going, and he's playing terrific defense. So. That Alcantara
1: dude. Yes, big, he's 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 legit.
2: God, they got some arms down there, man.
1: They do. I um, I hate when these rebuilds start working because yeah. I hate that side of the game but Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, Eric Acuña, by his it's funny because he's in for him what would be is a mild slump and it's kind of uh uh 90 95% of baseball players would like to be in the mild slump <laughs> yeah. that Acuña's in. Yeah. He's still hitting bombs and still leads the majors with 15 homers. Leads the majors alone. 15 homers, we're not uh we're not a third of the way into. Yeah, so he's got that part of the 4040 40 down, but he had been stealing bases, which is not a big shocker considering the offense and all that. But still has an OPS over a thousand, one one zero zero one to be exact. He's hitting but he's hitting two seventy six. That's down quite a bit. His OPS still at 380. 622 slugging percentage still fifth highest in the majors. But check out this two week stretch by Acuna. Past 13 games, including 12 starts, he had one uh, pinch hit appearance in there. He's hit 159, seven for 44, but five of the seven hits have been home runs. He has nine RBIs and a 500 slugging percentage in a span where he's hit 159 for 13 games. Strikeouts are up a little in that stretch, 16 with eight walks, 296 OBP, low for him, 796 OPS, low for him, what, uh, 200 and some points lower than the season OPS. Like I said, slumped by his standards, but most guys would be, hey, I'll take that, <laughs> 800 yeah. OPS, I'll take that. Um, but to show you just kind of where the Braves are, is still even with other guys getting hot and 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 going crazy, the offense still, for the most part, as Acuna goes, so goes the Braves because they're six and seven in those 13 games, even with all the other guys doing stuff, the pitching much better. Um. He's still the straw that stirs the drink, hitting from the leadoff spot, doing what he does. It still so much depends on him.
1: Yeah. Well, and Freddie after him. Freddie hasn't gotten – I mean, Freddie – when those two are locked in at the top, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I'm trying to look right now when he got hit by the Phillies and what his numbers are after that. Because I feel like it almost seems like every time somebody comes up and in or hurts him inside, he kind of goes into a little mini slump after.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. He was 13. He was just three for 16 in the Pirates series, Acuna. But he had two homers, including the grand slam in the absurd 20-1 to game when Defoe came in, by the way. I hate, man, I hate the position players pitching. I know why they do it. Teams do it because they don't want to burn their bullpen, especially early in a series and on a road trip during a pandemic where they can't just bring up another reliever. But I still hate it, man. Defoe comes in, gives up like eight runs, grand slam. Second grand slam of the game for the Braves and it's just it's, when you're watching it when it goes well like it did you know when uh yeah. when 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 Freddie had the the uh strike against them, that was amusing and all that um, but when a game goes sideways like it did with Defoe coming in there I just hate watching it you know somebody pointed out on Twitter he's like the last position guy that if you're a team you don't want to use him because the reason being it's he throws BP, too you know? yeah he throws too hard He's up there throwing ninety, whereas most of these position guys come into their lob and like sixty, it's like throwing BP. They're throwing or they're throwing below bat speed. They're throwing below BP, like fifty miles an hour, and they're throwing 49 mile an hour curveballs. guys can't hit it. But he's up there throwing like like a bad pitcher. Throwing eighty-five
1: down the middle. Right. <laughs> Straight.
2: <laughs> like that and guys that are is just BP. killing him.
1: Because when they throw BP, you got an old ass coach throwing it with a yeah. beat up shoulder, but he's standing <laughs> Forty feet away, you know, thirty-five right, right, feet away. Right. So that's kind of the 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 hitting speed. Um, like that ball, Adrianza hit was just like, yeah, that just a BP swing. <laughs> he put it on a tee for him. He took an easy swing, home run. It was like this is what we work on day in day out all year.
0: Yeah, the
1: thing that pissed me off was uh, I think it was Bally Sports or somebody tried to say that when Snit wouldn't let Acuna hit left-handed. You know, he was oh, anti. My. God, he wouldn't let the kids play or some dumb shit like that. But
2: I didn't see like, that. Did they? They commented that.
1: Bally's forced did. I can't remember what they wrote, but they compared the Snit situation to Larusa and tried to lump him in with that. Ridiculous! Like, Snit's Ridiculous. got a dude taking selfies on his way to first base. You know, exactly. he's not. He's not anti anything. He's exactly.
2: Just, I had this debate with people on Twitter, man.
1: I did too. I was like, "This is the dumbest shit," because. If Acuna goes up there and gets hurt, whether it has to do with him hitting left-handed or not, mm-hmm. Snit's fired.
2: Right. <laughs> right. You, you can take can't. Snit's comment to him, which was, I got to put three kids through college, three grandkids through college. Don't get me fired. Yeah. You could take that <laughs> to mean if you go up there swinging from the other side, using different muscles than you do every day, and it, it, you could easily get hurt. That's what you could take it to mean that and or you could also mean it's disrespectful to go up there in a blowout. And somebody said, what's the difference between him hitting left-handed and the Pirates bringing in a position player? Huge difference. The Pirates are bringing in a position player so they don't burn their bullpen. Yeah. They're trying to stay competitive for the rest of the series. They're not coming in to make a joke of anything. You know, it's apples and oranges. Now, if you want to say, let the kids play, I'm like you snit is the last guy in the world you can accuse of not letting the kids play. He's got guys. It's a, it's become like a circus running the bases on yeah, the home run. Okay. And it's entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it, but I mean, come on, they're pushing the envelope. I and mean, they're
1: going to continue to. <laughs> and
2: and Snit hasn't said a it. word about it. So do nope. not give him shit about not letting a guy go up there, the best player in the world maybe, go up there and hit from the other side. It's yeah. not an all-star game. If you want to be John Crook and do that in an all-star game and put your batting helmet on sideways and everybody's laughing, that's totally different, you know? Yeah. And John Crook's a grown-ass man at that point, and he can make that decision to do that on himself. But Snit's not going to let a 23 year old huge huge part of the franchise go up there and hit there's a reason why you do not you've never seen anybody else do that on another team who's never hit from that side go up there during a regular season game or yeah. playoff game and hit from the other side it does not happen you know the only
1: guy that does it is bias but he's i think he's naturally left-handed
2: right yeah, he's and, done it before. He's not up there doing it as a joke like this game so this game we're blowing you out so much that I'm gonna go up there and make it competitive by hitting from the other side and you know. Yeah. Come, that's <laughs> it's taking it to another level, man. But like but I I didn't even ask Snit, I just asked him, was he about to go up there and hit left handed? He goes, Yeah, he was. I told him, <laughs> I gotta nope. put no he called him back. He said, Come back because he put on the the batting helmet for yeah. that side, and Snit noticed <laughs> that. No, 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 you bring him by <laughs> But come on, man, the to, to people to say they let the kids play. I mean, come on. This is a guy that lets Acuna and, and Azuna It's like a competition to see who can do the most stuff running the bases on a home run. And that's fine. But don't accuse the guy of trying to put a damper on it because he has not stopped anything.
1: The selfie to first base is the most let the kids play thing of all time. Like the, exactly. you can't, He is maxed out on his let the kids play. I'm not a grumpy old man credit. Like you can't, you can't get any exactly. higher than the dude taking the fake picture of himself yeah. on his way to first base. You know, you used to get mad at guys for not running out of the box. He stops on his way to first base and snaps a picture. And if his manager managers, lets that fly, then something. he's not a, you, you can't lump him in with anybody.
2: Five years ago, there's over half the managers in baseball would have said, no, never, yeah. don't do that ever again. Yeah. Five five years ago. Now five. there's probably three or four at least that would. There's still some that would. Not many. I didn't see it
1: happening for St. Louis, you know, but.
2: Exactly. But I would have said that about the Braves too before, 10 years ago. Yeah. The Braves would have never done that. They were your button-down, button-down Braves. That was their reputation. And I thought it was, and I thought it was too, uh, they were too much so. I thought they were a little bit too buttoned down when it came to the playoffs. They kept doing their even keel thing, never adjusted, never changed their demeanor, were always professional, never showed emotion. And I thought it caught up with them sometimes in a playoff where they kept that going, and other teams kind of came in jacked up like, no, this isn't just a regular game, and this isn't 162, this is different. I thought, I thought it kind of got to them a few times where it would have been better to show a little more emotion. But that's neither here nor there. The point being these are not your dad's Braves. No. They do not I mean they got they've got guys doing more antics if you want to call them or whatever than any team in baseball. So don't give snit shit if he does one thing for whatever his like, reason. Come on. We're not doesn't pushing that let a, a guy, guy hit far. left-handed cuz nobody else is hitting from the other side for other teams. No, know, and that's what blowouts. that's
1: what pissed me off about it is I I know deep down it probably drives snick crazy. Right. You know, because and he that's he bites not- his tongue. He bites his tongue because he knows it's for the for the team. You know, he knows that's how his yep. team function, that's what they thrive off, that's Things how they change. win. He knows that. His guys need that. He's embraced it, even if it probably drives him nuts when his dude's taking a picture of himself on his right. way to first base. You know, you can't you can't tell me there's a single, even in the area I came up with, that watches that and doesn't say, Okay, yeah. That needs to be toned down a little bit. But I'm sure it drives him crazy to embrace that. But he understands how important it is to let this team be who they are. Yeah. And so when I see him lumped in with, you know, La Russa got mad because they hit a 3-0 homer yeah. off a guy throwing 45 miles an hour. Like once you bring a position player in for me, the, all bets are off. Yeah. Anything goes. We've already we've already made the game out of hand, you know, and, and in that situation, 3-0 versus 2-1 or whatever, the guy's throwing 46. Yeah. You know, kind of anything goes, but. I know it, it's got to drive Snick crazy deep down, but he knows it's better for the team to beat these guys. And he lets right. Acuna do all his things. And the only time he's ever even gotten mad at Acuna was when it cost him a base.
2: Yeah, it had nothing to do with, with whether it
1: was fun or not, it's you didn't run out of right. double, you know? Right. It, so for me to see him get lumped in as, you know, fun yeah, police or it's not fair. He's not, stupid. he's
2: not the old man to his credit. He is not the old man saying, get off my lawn. This is not no, him. He not knows the all. game has changed and he, he wants doesn't off try Exactly. You know, he might want you off
1: his lawn. It might drive him a little crazy when he it. sees you walking through it, but he knows the slide. game has
2: changed and he's not this defiant guy. That's like swinging at windmills or he's up, not up there trying to stop the evolution of the game. He's not doing that. He yep. knows that he needs to evolve with the game and he has fully. And he knows his particular team too. He has said it a thousand times, the energy, the enthusiasm. He loves it. That's what, that's what's helped off team, it. Right. And he knows he doesn't dare try to stop that by doing stopping the selfie or stopping you know he doesn't do any of that so yeah it's got it's not fair for him to to be able to accuse him at all of saying you know don't let a coon you go up there and get let that's for the good of the kid for the good of the team for the good of everybody you know even if it's not to show up the other team you don't want the guy getting hurt you look like an idiot for letting him do it
1: yeah if he got hurt doing it if he's swung righty and pulled an oblique and you lost him for two months
2: Imagine if he goes up there hitting, righty, uh, hitting lefty and gets hit by a pitch.
1: Fouls one off his hand.
2: <laughs> you know, something, just something. People are going, why was Snit letting him do that? Everybody yeah. was saying that. So yeah. La Russa is out of step with the game. He is completely out of step with the game. His team's playing well regardless, but he's out of step. You can accuse him of being the grumpy old man, get off my lawn, not changing. And you he's cannot, cool with it. <laughs> yeah, you cannot accuse Snit of that. And, no. and, and Acuna, by the way, Added another thing to his home run trot. He's now doing the rock the baby thing. Have you seen this? I know. That's Between third saying. and home, he does this rock the baby thing now, like he's going to go up and dunk. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you got, you got a Zuna with the selfie at first or third, depending on where the Braves dugout is. Then they both stop to do that. Azuna does the. They both do the stutter step before third base. Not, <laughs> no. It's like, it's a production, man. It's choreographed. It, every time. It it, is they a got production. yellow.
1: They got yellow shoes and yellow <laughs> sleeves. There's nowhere. There's no yellow anywhere on the Jersey.
2: Yeah. Like, there's this yellow trim on the, on okay. the actual top well, lock, but they certainly the, the, <laughs> accentuated that. Azuna, yeah. I mean, Acuna is slowly transforming the uniform. <laughs> he is transforming the uniform. color. The braids are now red, blue, and yellow. Because he's got yellow all over, man. (laughs) He's got like he's got like seven pads and sleeves that have Acuna's his name on it, and they're bright yellow. (laughs) And then yellow shoes. Next, I'm waiting for the socks. He's gonna have some yellow socks, yellow stripes at least.
1: (laughs) And you know, I mean that that's what I'm saying. Like you know, that wasn't gonna fly when Bobby was there.
2: No. No, and, nah, and not even. Come on, Snit not even. Was,
1: Snit was raised by Bobby, and that, that's why. I mean, that's Bobby why wouldn't
2: even it, let guys wear hoodies. He wouldn't wear a hoodie. It's, you couldn't you wear even your your sunglasses over the front your of your hat. They're still yep. doing that. They are still doing that to their credit.
1: We were wearing slacks on the road. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> Snit. I'm sure. I'm sure some of the stuff you know makes him grind his teeth a little bit. But that that's why I think he deserves so much credit because he is an old school baseball guy that's yep. adapted it and embraced the new game and. He knows where his players need to be and they need to be having their fun and have all the fun you want as long as it doesn't cost us. And and that's a that's not an easy mindset to embrace when you're an old school baseball guy that's been in the game as long as he has. But he's moved past it and he's he's done a great job of that. I'm I'm sure it's not easy.
2: And they've got a dugout full of old school guys, coaches. I mean, wash Walt Weiss. I mean cranny you got a bunch of old school guys who came from a generation that you would never do the stuff never. that the brazier but they're letting them do it for the <laughs> now, good acuna, of the team acuna, for the good uh, of the kids
1: both the acuna and azuna would have been thrown at 75 <laughs> times this year you know 10, 20 years ago so
2: and when acuna been thrown at it's not for doing that it's no. for being so good yeah. people are trying to get him off the plate because it's for yeah. him hitting home runs against him. It's not for anything he does on the base pass. No, and maybe Snit would put a foot down if this w- if these antics were getting his guys thrown at, but they're not. Yeah. They're not starting fights like other teams. I'll take Kazuna and kind of they smile or laugh at it. I think for the most part, none of them are over there fuming and saying cut the shit out or whatever when Azuna's you know doing a selfie. I haven't seen any other teams get pissed about it and throw at him for it or throw at his, uh, one of his teammates for it. So. That's being not... in
1: touch with the game, you know, right. That that's knowing that right. the other team, you right. know, I mean, it's one thing if if the other teams were getting pissed off and offended and taking, yeah. throwing at and your guys about and you're to get guys hurt and, and talking about it. They're not talking and about it. Yeah. The whole game's kind of just embrace that. Yeah. The, the new way that it's played yep. and it's like. Let the kids play. Just get on just, board. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's who's in the game now. You can't sit on your couch because you played 20 years ago and be mad. Yeah. It's not going to change anything.
2: Guys, let's take a quick break.
0: Got your happy price,
2: price line. Like I said, it says a lot about where the Braves are and, and about Freddie Freeman that they're still waiting for him to get locked in when in the past nine games, he's hit 324 with a 439 OBP and 1,057 OPS. It just doesn't feel like it because, you know, yeah. he had the flurry of their power, the extra base hits, the home runs, and, and lately not. But that's what he's done in the last nine games. If you're just watching the games, though, you know it's not still full-bore Freddie Rakin mode.
1: Yeah, At he's all. really damn close, though. And if the yeah. scoreboard said 290 up there, you know, like if if when he came up to play to hit 290 and he had these last however many games, you know, it, it definitely have a different feel to it. But when you yeah. see those numbers,
2: you know, it's kind of like yeah, you don't feel like he's locked
1: in yet, but he's he's pretty damn close.
2: He went seven for 20 in his last five games, six singles and one RBI. So that's, yeah, that's where we're, that's why it doesn't feel like Freddie. Meanwhile, if it feels like you've never seen a guy do what Acuna does with the first, with the uh, leading off games with the home runs and the first pitches, it's because really nobody has. Ricky Henderson with the leadoff was was the guy, but nobody in the modern, uh, in the last in in the last decade or so has done what Acuna does with first pitch home runs and to lead off games with the first pitch. It's uncanny. And I asked Snit about it. And I'm like, Snit, are you surprised that you still see opposing pitchers throw? Anything right. hittable, much less a fastball that catches way too much of the plate to start a game, because they're still doing it, and he's still. Every time. And I asked him about it. I said, "Are you surprised that pitchers keep throwing him first pitch fastballs, especially to start a game?" And he said, "You know, there's a little bravado and testosterone and stuff like that. If you're on the mound wanting to go one on one with a really good hitter, and I think those pitchers." They're most of them are in the big leagues because they feel they they feel like they're badasses. Because if you don't feel like that way, you're not going to be in the big leagues for long. And I I think they look at Snit at Acuna and go, "You know what? If I throw him my pitch, I can get him."
1: His first pitch out. That's how you're thinking, but and you also you feel like a bitch throwing a first pitch slider to start the game, (laughs) right? I mean, that's just uh, you're scared. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the signal you're sending, but. I'm sorry, you got to do it to him. Or if you're going to throw him a first pitch fastball, you miss off the plate or it's painted. You know, you, right. you can't come in the middle of the zone against him. But I thought about it. You know, he's not a leadoff hitter. Right. You know, in but the traditional
2: sense. he
1: should be he's a three or four hitter. hole hitter. So maybe, yeah. you know, if Miguel Cabrera spent his career leading off, you know, I mean, that's right. how I look at it is he, he's that kind of powerful player that. For whatever reason, he just thrives in that in that spot, and they threw right. him into it, and it worked, and they don't want to mess with it, but he has no business leading off games. Right.
2: He does he, that, you know what, regardless of which inning he's leading off, too. He's, his yeah. numbers are through the roof, and his first pitch numbers, he's hit more first pitch homers than anybody since he debuted.
1: Well, even the walk-off he hit against the Mets was a first pitch slider. Yeah. And he went the other way with it. So it's, it's basically, you just don't... <laughs> you got to pitch mind- him careful throughout the entire bat.
2: His mindset is just so different than most guys going up there easing into an at-bat. He's up there, let's go.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep, I'm swinging. <laughs> I, am, I am in go mode from pitch yeah. one, and, and more so than any of the other pitches. He is ready on the pitch, first pitch. Yeah. And it is something to see. You better be in your seats when the game starts at, at Truist Park, because – when or, or get your beers while the other team's hitting in the first inning, cause yeah, he's hacking. <laughs> and on the road, just advice: if you're going to see the Braves during this road trip, be there when the game starts. You yeah. don't want to miss it. <laughs> get your popcorn and all that. and Time it out. Don't uh, or wait till after the first inning to go get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it really is insane. He keeps doing it though, and every time it happens, I'm like, yeah. What what were you thinking? Was gonna? Did you think he was gonna take today? Yeah, You think today was going to be the day he works the count? Because every every game he swings first pitch.
2: So, yeah. When you get, when you get him, when you get Freddie and uh, Ozuna locked in behind him, because they're, you know, Snit has, st- has stayed with Ozuna in the three-hole, and Ozuna should be thankful for that, because a lot of managers would have jerked him out of that long ago, you know? But Schnitt's gonna not going to panic and, and shift his whole, shuffle his whole uh, lineup around. It worked last year like crazy, and when it does, when Ozuna has a big game, then you see it all kind of come together. So I, d- I don't think he wants to make that drastic step of moving Ozuna out of the three hole and then trying to get him locked in from another spot in the lineup. But I it's a message
1: it sends to, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, you remember Kelly him. Johnson talking about that when he got called up and went over 26 or something. And Bobby told him, you're my left fielder wherever he was playing. You're my second baseman. You know, at the time he said, you're playing, you're my guy. I'm sticking with you. And, Kelly talking about that confidence he gave him. You know, if you start if you start jerking guys around in the lineup, it's that same concept I talked about with Bryce Wilson going up and down. To, you know, not a lot of guys can handle that. You know, it hurts a lot of guys' confidence, or they take it personal. It puts them in a funk. So it's it's hard to watch sometimes when you feel like Riley's hitting how well he's hitting. Should he be in the four hole or should he be moved up in the lineup? But the yeah. the the message that that Snit sends to Ozuna with that's important
2: and the 5 spot people act like Riley's hitting eighth. He's yeah. hitting 5th. There's <laughs> a know. lot of great hitters hitting in the 5 spot and it's working. Yeah. Every everybody's response, you know, when somebody gets hot, their the, the immediate response on social media is isn't it time to move him up? I'm like, it's working where he is. Why why mess yeah. with it, you know?
1: Why mess with it?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's uh he's obviously thriving where he's at and why why risk him going moving him to another slot and not be comfortable. So, yeah. You know, you you could you could argue that you could move uh, Ozuna out of the three hole, but I, I still saw him enough last year that I think he's going to come around, and I've seen enough him have enough big games. I'd give it I'd give it at least another couple of weeks before I'd think about doing that. And if Riley keeps raking like he is, and Ozuna keeps kind of sputtering along, sure, I could see I could see moving uh, I could see moving Riley to the four or or uh, the the three hole, but. I wouldn't be there quite there yet. I'd still, I'd still give it a, another couple of weeks, um, especially when the offense seems to be coming around, regardless of uh, who's still struggling.
1: And Ozuna's still a presence, you know? Yeah. I mean, e- even if he's not hitting, you know he's there to take you deep. Yeah. <laughs> when he's on deck and you're facing facing Freddie, it's like you got to pick your poison. And even if he's not locked in, he can still take you deep.
2: There was a game, uh, by the way, April 16th at Chicago. That was a game where Snit sat Riley. Wanted him to have a breather for a day. Uh, he was hitting 190 with no extra base hits, no RBIs through 14 games, which is hard to believe now when you watch him. Really, yeah. no extra base hits, no RBIs. He had, the next day, he he had uh, sacrifice fly for his first RBI of the year in his 50th, at, his 50th plate appearance of the year. Beginning of the day after that, here's what his numbers are: Austin Riley. Beginning April 18th through May 23rd, 32 games, 31 starts. He has hit 376 with a 469 OBP, 697 slugging, OPS of 1166. I mean, that, that's insane. Batting right. average on balls and play 508. <laughs> so he's getting luck too, but I mean, uh,
1: he's hitting the, he's hitting the piss. The ball. Yeah. He's
2: hitting, he's hitting yeah. everything. Just he's line drives. This, this is, uh, those numbers though. I mean, those are, those are elite, elite plus plus numbers right there for, yeah. and he's done it for 32 games now for five weeks. Yeah. Dansby Swanson. We were just about ready to give up on him. A lot of people were, and we were starting <laughs> to say, what is wrong with this guy? Well, if he's turned a corner, because it looks like the last five games he's doing some things differently, obviously. He's not trying to yank everything. He's hitting using them up the middle and the other way again, which is when he's at his best, that's what he does. Last five games, he is 10 for 19. Four doubles, three homers, four ribbies. He's hit 526 in that span with a 1761 OPS. So... If you're the Braves, you're going and that's another that's a guy down in your order too. So he really gives you so much length when he's when Riley's hitting fifth and Dansby's hitting behind him and doing that, it really changes the whole complexion of the lineup. Whereas before, after the first half, first third of the lineup, it was like just drop off a cliff. I
1: know, and I keep wanting to get on Contreras about the one knee thing and then he hits a three run homer. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's he's hitting all right down there too.
2: Yep. Yep. I mean he he yeah, he's a threat any time he steps at a plate. So You just fill in the gaps and get some other guys jacked up, going, and uh, you'll be like last year, close to it. You know what that team did last year. So, and Contreras isn't doing the one knee thing because he likes it. That's what he's being taught. That's what they're doing. You know, I mean, that's yeah. He doesn't really have a choice. I I I guess he could say I'm not doing it. I don't feel comfortable doing it. But as a young guy trying to secure your spot, that's not what you really want to do. So,
1: you're not making those those. You're not decisions. overruling decisions no. when you're, you know, South you're trying Fusano. to stay in the league and, and get yourself up there. But, right. I mean, I just, I watch it and it's like, yeah, Give up a pass ball on a strikeout and then, yeah, I go second to third in a one run game. It's, yep. It's hard to watch sometimes, but that's what they're teaching them. You know, it's, it, you can't really criticize the guy for it.
2: Um, Kevin Smith, I thought that was a good move. They they got Mathis. Uh, they got Mathis. They DFA'd Mathis. They keep him in the organization because they love everything he brings to the table. Yeah. They love yeah. him talking to the young guys, working with the young guys. He's on the taxi squad. So if you have an injury, you bring him in. Meanwhile, they have an upgrade with Kevin Smith, offensively an upgrade, and a guy who's still strong defensively and calling games. So they added to the catching spot. That was That was a good move, I thought. And you got Lacroix working himself into game shape because he hadn't played in over a month when the Braves signed him. You know he started out well with the Nationals. It looked good for them when he was filling in at the start of the year. So catching wise, they're solid. I mean, depth wise, they're 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 good, and that's important. As we've seen, the guys can get hurt so fast. We saw two catchers get hurt in one game in Tampa. Yeah. So they're yeah. covered. Anything happens there, and covered with the kind of guys who can handle a young staff. They're, they're stressing the importance of that. So. um Man, I, you know, I'm 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 impressed with Ian Anderson. How he is, I think, pitched to four different catchers this year, and he and he does the same. He pitches the same game regardless of who's back there. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't need to be led by the hand. He's for a young guy, man. He is. This guy's got something going on.
1: Well, I mean, it's how hard is it to call a game when you can locate three plus pitches? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, and that's something that if even if you're a pitcher and and you, you know, maybe it's not the pitch you want to throw, but when he can make a quality pitch, um, I used to do that all the time when Rossi would call a pitch. I didn't like, I just miss with it. You know, like yeah. if he a slider and I felt like, I don't know, I never wanted to question him. So I'm throwing the pitch. He's calling, but I'm making sure if I miss, I throw it in the dirt. And it feels like if, you know, Ian has such good control. If they, if, if he's not completely on board, it's a changeup. He could still locate that change up so well that he doesn't get hurt on it. So yeah. it's, I mean, he's a, he'd be a fun guy to call a game for.
2: Oh, man, this uh, yeah, I'm just looking over Riley's stuff. God, the the stuff that Riley did, the the, the things that he did, make you go, wow. I mean, when you can do stuff in this organization that's been you know 100 and however many years it is, when you could do be the first guy to do anything in this organization that's had. Hank Aaron, Chipper Jones, Eddie Matthews—you know, I mean—that's had some all-time greats. Yeah, you're doing work, man. And he—he uh, he did something. He had ten. He's got ten extra base hits and six homers in the last seven games. First Braves player, at least since the modern era began in 1920. So in, in a century, he is the first Braves player to have six homers and ten extra base hits in any seven-game span. How about that?
1: Whew. That doesn't seem – I mean, you you feel you would like have thought somebody Mare would have done, would have done that. Hank? Thought, Chipper. Freddie, somebody might have gotten that
2: hot. I know. But I I read the stat a few times to make sure I was putting it down right, and that was at the game notes last night. Um, And he's got, you know, the thing with the uh, – among the third basement, Chipper and, and Eddie did some things that – that are out there as far as offense. And he did one of those yesterday it was, the, it was the first game that he's had where he had, uh, Oh, what was the stat? Here it is. First brace, third baseman to have at least two homers and five RBIs in a game since Chipper did it, uh, June 7th, 2009. Mm. Eddie Matthews did it 13 times. Chipper did it seven times. Bob Horner did it three times.
1: I mean, they say anytime you get mixed in, you start, you know, do anything you do on the field and you start just getting pulled in with all the famers are the only ones that have done it. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's always
2: a good sign. Got from OPS and four fifty six on April 17th to OPS and where he is now over 900.
1: It felt like it happened in three days too. <laughs>
2: <It> does, man. <laughs>
1: I feel like we were asking questions about him and then all of a sudden he's in 300. He finished April hitting 300.
2: Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. He's going to get the, uh... Right now, I would say he's, he's put himself right in the middle of the player of the month. How about if the Braves had back-to-back players of the month? Because Acuna was for April. Yeah. I think he certainly will be player of the week, unless they do the ridiculous... Was there a no-hitter by a National League pitcher this week? There was, right?
1: That's one every day.
2: That can no longer be the rule. Forgot those a no-hitter. He gets player of the week because there's one all the time. <laughs> yeah. They'll, pitchers will win player of the week for the rest of the season, if that's the case. So I think I think riley's got to win player of the week man
1: oh cam sent it to me cam sent me the since since Acuna got hit by that fastball Uh he's hitting
2: 198 yeah all right all right well it's gonna be interesting this is a big trip for them two games boston three against city three at city field against the mets and uh we're gonna know a lot more about where they stand when they come back uh Nice, nice series rebound against the Pirates to to kind of vault them into this thing and get some guys going and feel good about themselves and and uh, uh, after all, it's been a roller coaster so far, man, absolute roller coaster. But bottom line, the Braves are right there, you know, right a game under five hundred, and the division races can be changed in three days right now, so.
1: The only thing scary about the Mets is Lindor still hitting 200. Yes, <laughs> you know, they, that's
2: not lasting. Thor's they're doing coming this back. Him. Thor will be back for much longer. DeGrom. Yeah. Yeah. they Yeah, they're, They uh, might be legit. Yeah. Yeah, they're different. They're a different team now, I think, than they've been in the past when they've met it up all the time. So have you I seen what the Yankees <laughs> you've seen what the Yankees starters have done, by the way? Mm-mm. Check out the Yankees starting pitchers, what they've done the last five or six games. It's been insane. Alright, that's it. We'll talk again on uh we'll talk again Thursday. on uh on uh what Friday. Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday, yeah. Probably do it on the off day for, uh Thursday after the two games in Boston.
1: Cool. All
2: right. That's it for us. Thanks everybody. We appreciate it. Seven fifty five is real. We're out.